0: You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums Podcast, the home of Scottish Football Banter.
1: Hi, welcome to Scottish Football Forums Podcast. Uh, technically this is Season 8, Episode 1, but we're going to have a bit of a mix-up with the World Cup ground and stuff like that. Not just Scotland, obviously i there in it. Uh I'm John, I'm your host, if you've not heard before. Um do the podcast maybe once a week during the season. And I'm joined by my fellow Dandy. John, how you doing?
0: Hi John, how you doing? Enjoying the summer?
1: Hi, yeah, it's been great, hi. Yeah, good weather. Plenty of football on, uh getting ready to go on summer holiday. So hi, all good, about yourself?
0: Yeah, can't complain. I mean the weather's just been tremendous. Um must say it's good being on the other side of the mic tonight after my wee started hosting last time. Aye. Oh. Did you
1: Yeah. The Just.
0: <laughs> I was very nervous, um, you know, at the, at the start. But it, once we got into it, it, started, it was actually not too bad. I mean, the, the guys were a great help. But I do prefer um, this side of it, to be honest, just answering your questions. <laughs>
1: aye. No worries. Um, so I woke up then. Uh, is
0: it best world cup since when Jack started playing well I've been watching the world cup since 1990 I don't remember 86 or 82 because I was one in five respectively um, I would say for me since 98 it's the best world cup but actually it would be the best one I've, I've seen um, to be honest because there's been lots of good games a lot of big players have turned up um, there's been a lot of entertainment um, a lot of drama I've noticed a lot of turnarounds in second half of games um, especially the last 10 minutes of matches and it's just made it really, really gripping and um, of course there's been controversies with um, VAR being the big talking point but you're always going to get that but it just adds to the excitement of all Oh, I
1: definitely, I mean whether in there or not as you say, yeah, it's going to be controversy. I mean the, the tone was set for the World Cup pretty early doors, but probably actually the first match, uh, because going into it everyone was talking about, oh Russia, pff, might be one of the the few hosts, not to a qualify qualified past the group stages. Um, they were ranked the worst in the, the World Cup. Saudi Arabia I think, for the second worst uh, team, ranking-wise. And then Russia put in a performance where you think, oh, wait a minute, um, they're <laughs> really impressive. Five-0 winners. Um, okay, maybe people would say they were playing Saudi Arabia, but I think it set the tone for the tournament because if you have a world cup in a country really you want that team to do well because it definitely helps the tournament
0: yeah definitely i mean um we spoke about um in the last podcast when it says korea went to in 2002 and yeah there was a bit of controversy as they did so but um but you know it made that world cup a wee bit more exciting and as you say russia set the tone and they carried that momentum into the next game when they beat egypt and qualified convincingly um and there were some great goals in that Russia said so game, that second one by um, Cherishev, way outside his left foot. And he's been one of the um, unsung heroes of the tournament, without a doubt. I absolutely. I mean, he's a
1: guy that was like in Spain very early doors. Ria Magintz uh, maybe hasn't fulfilled his early potential, but certainly, yeah, for Russia he's been superb. And I think he came off the bench in that first game. Mm hmm. I can't remember who
0: got injured, but he came off the bench, didn't he, and then scored. Yeah, for Jaguev who was look, I remember him being one of the stars of the year twenty twelve. Um, but he's he's had a um, an injury prone career. He only came back in the quarter final. Um, but Sherechev has been terrific, and uh, it was strange that they dropped him for the game against Spain. Um, but then they brought him back against Croatia, and he played very well. Um, but yeah, I think they were cut out a wee bit against Uruguay. Um, Thought they made their match in that game, but after that they did very well to get where they did Um, knocking Spain out in penalties is a terrific achievement because it's not a great rushing team as you say they've they've dipped down to seventieth. how much of that is real value of the rankings I'm not sure Um, because they have played friendlies for the last two years Um, but it isn't a great rushing team but they've done well this tournament and they should be proud of their efforts and they've been a good host despite what a lot of people thought at the beginning
1: yeah absolutely Um, and then the very next day you had possibly I don't know what I'm trying to uh, I certainly one of the contenders for game of the tournament, uh, Portugal versus Spain which had everything. Just an absolutely cracking game. Um, both defences certainly poor attacking play wise, terrific different styles of football. Um, Spain obviously being the kind of more assertive team but Portugal, as they've shown before, in no the world to pick teams off. And then, folk talked about Ronaldo. He's not maybe performed in the World Cup. Well, he answers his statistics once again. Um, so, yeah, terrific game
0: there. Yeah, you just can't write someone like Ronaldo off. Um, and he actually holds, I think, what's that? Um, five? Uh, sorry, four consecutive World Cup finals. He scored that. Um, he scored in 2006, 2010, 2014, and also now. So, um, he holds that new record. Um, whether he's underperformed or not, in various terms have gone going by. The last couple of terms he stepped up um, for Portugal was also a big factor in them winning it. Um, and then, that first game, he was just outstanding. Um, he was helped by uh, um, poor Goku keeping to here for the second one. But the way he stepped up in the last uh, couple of minutes with his team 3-2 down to put away that free kick was tremendous. Um, it's ironic that the timing of our podcast um, was maybe 24 hours late, because um, the next, the day after we um, broadcasters Spain sacked their manager um, right before the finals, yeah. uh, which was really bizarre. Um, they obviously thought that, well, he's going behind the backs a wee bit here. Because you've heard all this before about, you no, know, I think example of um, Scalari, um took, a, took a Chelsea job whilst he was still managing Portugal, but he got to keep going to the end of the tournament. But um, I think the way Lopetegui did it, it was a wee bit. Um, naughty because he was telling his players not to do so, and then he goes does it himself. Um...
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah. I think uh, much as like all the pundits were saying, no, oh, it won't disrupt the team. It must have had an effect because yeah, it's okay saying that he had was involved there already, but coaches have different ideas in terms of how they play. I know Spain don't really vary that much um, in terms of how they play, but they've been very successful under uh, I can't even pronounce his name actually. But
0: they had they been very successful prior to the having to take the job. Mm. So. yeah, I think um, I mean that first game they were, they obviously got some sort of reaction because they were also part of one of the best games and the way they turned it around to go three 2 up initially they looked as though there was no problems, um, but they weren't great against Iran and um, scraped that one and they did in the last minute you call it a draw against Morocco and somehow they managed to win that group, um, although I think that they were aided by the worst VAR call of the whole tournament when Iran got that penalty um, which I cannot for life me think where where there's a penalty in it, it was a terrible decision um, because it hit the Portuguese defender's arm but where's his arm supposed to go (laughs) and it took so long to make the decision as well I think it was four minutes it took him to make that decision I think that's where VAR's a bit frustrating Ah yeah definitely
1: Um, and then in terms of games as well goals wise they took until something like the 26th game or something like that for it to be a 0-0
0: yeah the france Denmark game yeah, yeah I th- I th- has there even been any other 0-0's I think that might be the only one
1: yeah I think that is the only
0: one uh, yeah the
1: other kind of early kind of games in the group stage in which stood out certainly Germany and Mexico where Mexico just kind of managed to pick it off really easily um, I think a few of the teams that have maybe been together for a while actually have struggled in this journey. I think that Spain team, a bit of that team is kind of ageing, the German team has certainly been together, maybe ageing and maybe they haven't really adapted in terms of their style of play. Also, I, mean, I think maybe they've picked players on reputation as opposed to form, if you look at someone like Thomas Muller, last two World Cups were got of ten goals between the two, whereas it's not been great for Bayern. Um, and
0: I carried on his poor form into the tournament. Yeah. I would say that's definitely a fair comment and Ozil um was you know disappeared as well. Um there was a couple other ones that that didn't perform um Kadira that was another one. That was the strangest thing about um the, the last game against S Korea because he made four changes for the game against Sweden, dropped Ozil, dropped Kedira, um and then and they won the game, albeit it was last minute goal, but they did well to win that game. And then he brought them back for the game against South Korea, and I just thought oh, that was a crazy decision, um, and it backfired. Um, didn't help that Manuel Neuer decided to go play as a left winger in the last minute. I mean, I, I get keepers going up for you know the last minute corners and throw-ins, um, you know, being in the box and being extra presence. But he was going out taking the ball in and trying to beat a, a defender, uh, you know, stay in your goal or get yourself in the other box. Don't um, mess about in the wing and. It was a bizarre moment and then obviously it says Korea um a big point of the part and got to be tapping at the end to see a famous victory. It was a crazy game that one. And Germany suffered the the winner's because that's four of the last five winners yeah. to go out in the first round.
1: I it is mental. Um but I think as well Germany had a chance to evolve because obviously last year okay I know the Confederations Cup maybe hasn't played it as okay, I got to a higher tempo as maybe your major tournaments but they'd taken basically effectively maybe what was even a C team I would say or maybe like an kind of under-23 type side the likes of Goretzka did well uh, Werner there was a few others Werner obviously played uh, I think the way Germany played the kind of tournament didn't really can assume um, but Goretzka I think only got a chance in one of the games only got to start one of the games and they did certainly look pedestrian in midfield even the likes I mean Borting they changed the defensive I think they don't I don't they, I not the same two centre-backs in any of the games. I'm um, just, uh, yeah, crazy for a German side, because even, I think, when German sides haven't performed well, I think, was it 2006? Was it, They got to the final, even though it was a team that had been written off. I do think, aye, and they'd been, they'd been written off completely, but it's still to get to the final. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, yeah, crazy. Um, what This is the first tournament that you've not had either um, Germany, Brazil or Italy in the semi-finals. Wow, I didn't know that stuff. Obviously, obviously, Italy weren't in the tournament, but um, that's just kind of shows you maybe how open the tournament has been. I think at the start, it, uh, people had been talking about Brazil being favourites and stuff like that, but I don't think there was really like kind of, someone you thought right there, a, a clear favourite um, to win this, and it's probably uh, shown in the tournament with the last four that we're getting.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, when we did our podcast... Um... You know, the three of us came up with three different winners. I came up with France. Uh, Tony had a few for Uruguay, and they were obviously not too far away. And Chris obviously went for Germany. Um, so it just shows you the variations. And there wasn't, and as you say, there was no real standout. You know, say they're definitely they um, cast on iron favourites to win it, like Spain won twenty ten, like um, uh, Brazil won ninety four. You know that kind of thing. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it's made the tournament more open and uh, interesting. Um, but, I mean, my tip France, you know, they weren't great in the group stages, but they did enough to get the job done. But they've got better as the tournament gets on. I mean, uh, you talk about one of the other great games of the World Cup, um, France Argentina had that in oh. a nutshell. That had everything, you know, great goals oh. and great drama and big players like Mbappe, you know, coming to fruition.
1: Yeah, I mean, what were you
0: doing at 19? Yeah, um, <laughs> 19, um, I was drinking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but yeah I mean, terrific I mean, that's what you want these tournaments like. To, I mean not to say that he's a new star but certainly maybe obviously if you're really into your football you know who Mbappe is but maybe for the casual viewer that's just watching the World Cup and maybe knows only the likes or maybe your likes are Ronaldo's or in the past like Beckham and stuff like that that's what these tournaments do they set like worldwide stars where people are like oh aye new heroes and like if you're in I, I'll kid in the, the playing ground you're gonna be your oh, oh, if your friends you want to be in Bahia, probably even in other countries now, um because it, it's maybe more so you don't just wanna be a player from your own country. Like when I was growing up, I wanted to be maybe Eon JS or something like that, and I've wanted to be a player from another country. I don't think.
0: Yeah, I think I think sometimes you want it to be. I mean, obviously the way football's going, it's a lot more global. It's a lot more commercial. Um, you see more people with even Paris Saint Germain tops on than you do with. Uh, you know, with uh, an Aberdeen telepo with a uh, Duncan Shearer in the back for example. You know, you just don't get that anymore, But you don't get that many kids out in the park, but that's another um that's another story for another day.
1: Well the death I think it has been spoken about actually during this current online articles in terms of the death of street football and street footballers own their skills, it's now kids all these kids that are maybe gonna play now are going through like performance schools and academies and different things like that. And they started off from maybe players like started off from a younger age I mean I don't think when you were when we were kind of younger you were maybe associated with a football team when you were four and stuff like that whereas now you see you've got soccer fours and stuff like that where people are playing from that young age generally at that age you were just starting playing football down the park probably wasn't until maybe you got to to the likes of maybe Cubs or BB and stuff like that
0: yeah I mean the thing is I mean there was the Back in back in the day, um, so to speak, there was um a lot more football on offer. You know, kids players would play with their schools, they would play with their boys club. Um, as you mentioned, sometimes they play with the BBS. So you know they were getting that exposure. But now it's um it's a bit more restricted. You know, if a, if Celtic for um for example, saying a kid at nine, um he's only allowed to play for that team. He can't play for um his school. He can't play for his B um, boy, um boys brigade and so on. So and I think. That's a bit of a shame, because I get that they need to learn the technical side, but they need to learn and enjoy the game. And what better way to enjoy football than going out and playing with your pals? Um, But maybe something like that will come back um, at some point Here's hoping when they do the 25th um, football review in my lifetime. So that's all we seem to do is talk about it um, and not really do much about it. But again, that's a story for another day.
1: Aye, absolutely. Uh, the other team early on, to kind of stand out and they've managed to get to the semi-finals. Croatia. Another yeah. one of the kind of great games being Argentina-Croatia, because Argentina dropped points in the first game. Um, Argentina were really needing I would say to win. I, don't, I think a draw even then, you'd you kind know, of a bit suspect. And Luka Modric, certainly one of the players of the tournament, put in a terrific performance that night wasn't just him though, because uh, we were kind of talking about that a wee bit on Twitter. It's the team ethic that Croatia have. Yeah, they've got these superstars who, and look at what which is, a superstar. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he doesn't get the credit because he's on the other side with the likes so of Ronaldo and Bale and Cruz and so many good players, but a top, top player. Somebody that gets better with age as well, I think. But the way he improve that team, superb.
0: Yeah, for in the in the group stages, um, for me, Luka Modric was um, looking as though he was ironed on for um, player of the tournament because he was just sensational. You know, he was pulling the strings in midfield. Everything went through him and Rakitic. Um, you know, two great players at great teams. Um, Rakitic probably doesn't get the credit he deserves at Barcelona, and likewise Modric at Real Madrid. But they're both key part, components in that team. Make their team stick, and it's no coincidence that they did that with Croatia. Um, I mean, I, I thought Croatia looked great in the the group stage, and, but for me, it there was echoes of 20, um, Euro 2016 came to me because it was pretty much the same. They'd beaten Spain with a great performance, and they'd won the group quite comfortably as it turned out. Um, They were putting the easier half of the draw, so to speak, um, and they were coming up against the. A one man band Portugal team who who drawn their three games and you thought, um, they've got a great path on to the final and they absolutely bottled it that night against uh Portugal. Um I know Portugal went on to win it, but let's be honest, um they're one of the luckiest winners to win that European championship with defensive football and won one game in ninety minutes. And I just yeah. and I just think that they've stuttered through you know, it's taking penalty shots against no disrespect, these teams are also at a better level in Scotland's but um but Denmark at that's you know, at that level are Probably an average side um, in that World Cup, and similarly Russia. I mean, I I know we spoke about how well Russia have done to get that way, but um, it's not a great Russian team. And again, Croatia struggled. Um, and you know, I f- I just fear that the worst is going to happen. From well, it depends what side of the French are on with England's side, but um, I just think they're going to they're going to blow it this week. But I'd like to be proven wrong. If they step it up like they did the first uh, three games, then they've got a great chance. I just fear they've lost a bit of momentum.
1: Yeah, it's one of those where I mean, obviously, Croatia, well, population of about 4 million, mm-hmm. but I don't know what they expect to go into the tournament. I dare say some of the players would have thought, yeah, maybe we can get quite far in tournament. Do they believe they can win the tournament? I don't know. I would say no, they, they do think so. It's having that mentality, and they are coming against, obviously, uh, an England team which... Yeah, maybe we don't want to do well, but uh, begrudgingly, need to give England credit, especially Yara Southgate. He's revamped that England team into a team that they're maybe not the prettiest team to watch in terms of um, from open play, but what, something like 8 out of 14 goals from set pieces. Their set pieces have been almost impossible to defend. As Colombia, I think, to as um, They just couldn't deal with that all night in that match.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, you're bang on with, with Southgate. You know, he's done a terrific job. I mean, one of the first things that he did was make sure he got, he's been picking players on form. But, um, he, he dropped Wayne Rooney um, because Rooney wasn't performing, and so much so Rooney ended up retiring a year early. Um, you know, he's dropped Jack Wilshere. Um, said to him, well, you've not been playing You've not been playing much, you've not been playing well, you've not proven your fitness, you're not getting in my squad. And the biggest one, obviously, Joe Hart. Um you know, big a lot was said about that. But Joe Hart had a terrible season um at West Ham. He was dropped for half a season by David Boyce and you know, how can he justify being England number one at, when he's not even number one at West Ham? So that was the first thing he's He's moulded them into a good team, um and you know, there's a great team spirit about about them, you can tell that. Um you know they they came through the first two games well enough. I mean they should have be beaten a bit more, but um no, sometimes in these games when you don't play well, some uh, we don't we are being frustrated. You need to take that bit a lot. And they got it. Panama, well, that was a, an easy game. I think the Columbia game. There's no doubt for me that they deserve to to go through because the Colombian tactics that night were absolutely disgusting. To be perfectly ah. honest, I, um, they were just out to kick them all night, and you know we snide tackles and falling down. It was just. It was just shocking to watch, Um, and whether they were playing England or not, you don't want to uh, see some of the stuff that they were doing, and I was glad that they went out, to be honest, in some way.
1: Even the coaching staff got involved. Uh, I mean, the thing about the England team as well is, I mean, it's really an experience. Um, You've got Sir Pickford, who has been been terrific for England, you think he could relegate for Sunderland. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, Not a season there, but the season before. One has moved to Everton, he's in up England number one keeper. Seems a confident lad. He's,
0: he's obviously played in. Uh, he played under 21s, one, didn't he? In tournament. Yeah, I think that's a, that's another thing that they've been doing well with their youth teams. Is that they've won a couple of under twenty world cups and a couple of two line tournaments the last uh, two years. So, yeah, they're definitely doing something right. I mean, I think at some point they will win something. I still don't think it will be this one yet, um, but I do think they'll be in the final, um, and they deserve great credit if they do it. I mean, they've done well getting this far. Um, but I think the winners coming from the France Belgium game. But if England get to where I mean, just getting to where they are just now. I mean, people can say they've they've had a so called easier run, but you can only put out what's in front of you, and you've still come through against decent teams. Although I thought Sweden were disappointing, that was still a hard game to negotiate, and they have managed to do it quite comfortably in the end. Um, another standout performer for me for them um, has been Kieran Trippier. His delivery for set pieces has been good. He's been great going forward defensively. He's been solid. Uh, I think the fact Kyle Walker going to Man City helped him because he be- went from back-up right back to the first choice. And yeah, England have done very well with him. Yeah, I mean it's,
1: the thing is, with well, England, they're playing them, playing building from the back. I mean, all Walker, Stones, and mcWire all really comfortable in the ball. Um, the likes of Maguire and Trippier, I think, well, I think it's twenty three. The, until they made their first appearances in the, the top flight uh, Maguire's another one was that Hull got moved to Leicester getting talked about in terms of maybe being one of the kind of standout players of the tournament or breakthrough stars getting linked with moves maybe to one of the top sets in England they, they, they are, they, I would say that I don't think they've maybe got as many equals as what they had in the past, I think in the past maybe some players thought they're maybe better than they are in terms of their world standing Whereas maybe the fact they've gone in, Southgate's built this new team. Team spirit seems terrific. Um, aye, fair play to them. And then Hurricane. I mean, if you've got Hurricane, your side so you're always going to have a chance.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, he's been terrific. I mean, I know three of his six goals have been penalties, but he's still had to show the nerve to put them away. And you no, know, especially that one against Colombia. I mean, they, they they made him wait for four or five minutes because of the antics surrounding the referee and doing stuff with the penalty spot but he just held his composure brilliantly and he's led the line very well. Um, the only thing that hampered him in that Colombia game was that he was doing a lot of his work outside the box um, where well, you need Harry Kane in there but, um, and that's where I think the likes of Ali and Sterling that he step up but Ali obviously stepped up with his goal on Sunday, uh, Saturday sorry. Um, and it might kick him on in terms of his confidence but they've certainly got a decent team um, and as we both was us rightly put it out not as many eagles in their team as there used to be, like when the likes of the so called gener- Golden Generation played. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, the other thing as well from England, from the point of view of the Alba Ali, I think prior to the game as well, people are maybe saying should off the cheek start instead or whether it's him or whether it's Sterling. Sterling, I think, I don't know, the, the English media don't seem to like him because um, it's not just the football that he's been criticised for, he's been criticised for a lot of things. Uh, with the likes of the tattoo and some other things as well, to make like, the bit flash, It mm-hmm. seems a bit unfair on him. I don't, I don't, I don't really understand why the media was going to do that anyway. Um, surely, if your team's, you know, an team is going to a tournament, you want to get like behind them, as opposed to being disruptive. But it's not the first time you've seen that. Um, probably not something that's unique to English media as well. Yeah, you okay. want to bring players down.
0: Yeah, that's what they do best, you know. They build someone up and then look, um, kick them the butts at the first opportunity. Um, how often did they do that with Rooney? Built him up as the golden boy of English football, and then um, they were slating him for um, some stuff in his personal life and all the rest of it, and um, slating Rooney's attitude. Um, so that just doesn't surprise me. With the media, Raheem Sterling, yeah. Um, I mean that thing with the tattoo is just that's that's a known story as far as I'm concerned. You know that was just Piers Morgan dressing it up. Um, I think Piers Morgan was a bit hypocritical um, because you know should he then be saying the same breath that Arsenal should take the um, the the gun off their badge? Yeah, yeah. No, but that's Piers Morgan. So that's another issue. Um, but the one team that was in the the one game that they weren't particularly great although they weren't I don't know if they were particularly well And they played Belgium although that was more of a um, reserves v reserves um, yeah. but Belgium, that's another team that's really been playing well this tournament and I know they they're had the a difficult situation against Japan but in times like that you need a big person to step like, has um, Hazard especially, you know he when you know. Sometimes we flare players that can go into hiding and get frustrated when things don't go their way. He stepped up, played a big part in their, their turnaround. Um, Chadley came on and did well. Lukaku, I think, has been brilliant up front. Um, brilliant, it has. And their goal again, that that goal they scored against Japan, the breakaway goal, is one of the goals of the tournament as well. Definitely.
1: Yeah, I mean, Belgium as well. The, the quarter final in terms against Brazil, tapped to play. Martinez gets on. Obviously, he's been watching Aberdeen and thought I'll stick my, my centre forward in the wind because um, obviously we're affecting what we've done now with Adam Rooney. Um, but yeah, really, I think it was really clever tactically because Martinez is someone I think that's been criticised again in media for not doing well. Now, Wigan, I would say probably exceeded the expectations in terms of what he did there. Probably kept him in the, in the top league for longer than he should be. Everton, could have been. Everton probably started off well, then maybe going to struggle a bit towards the end. Um, but in a game against Brazil doing something like that maybe brave but I think really really clever because you know that Neymar's probably not going to track back and you know that Marcello wants to basically play as a left winger so you put Macaco out there it meant that it gave him a lot more space De Bruyne was managed to be freed in terms of playing higher up the pitch um, Hazard again was terrific I mean the way that he was going past the players, it was as if they weren't there. Um, terrific team performance um, again. And yeah, Lukaku, you wonder, it's, you see about Man Uri, he's obviously, Man Uri's asked just to be a goal scorer, whereas for Belgium, he's so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it probably frustrates Manu, Man United fans, I would imagine, in terms of how how good Lukaku can be.
0: Yeah, well, the difference there is is that Martinez is the sort of manager that lets some players off the, the leash to be. Um, and release them but um whereas Mourinho is stuck in his ways at Man United and only plays a certain way um and maybe Lukaku isn't getting the best they're not getting the best at Lukaku because of that but he was his hold up play was terrific in the way he brought people into play. Um as you said De Bruyne, great goal that he scored, um lovely grass cutter across the goal. Um and Hazard you- you're talking about the two number 10s, which one would um, stand up to the occasion? Well, Hazard certainly stood up to it. Um, whereas Neymar, well, he was too busy it, line the floor to stand up to it.
1: Yeah, have you seen some of the memes where like, Neymar rolling down the motorway and all that type of thing? Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, just crazy. I mean, they, no one disputes that he's a top talent, but there's no need for the theatrics. It's just, it's really disappointing. Um, yeah, he, spoke I mean, glo- he spoke about spoke golden generation in terms of England, earlier in terms of from the past, they've maybe not done so well. This is certainly Belgium's first goal in generation probably since like, maybe 86, um, in terms of this group of players.
0: Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and they'll argue they won't get a better chance, because in 86, they came up against uh, Argentina, led by, obviously, um, Maradona, one of the greatest players that's greatest earth. Um, so, I mean... This is probably a better opportunity, although don't obviously write off the French because France have got a good side. Um, Mbappe, has sort of, I've mentioned him, how much he's coming out in the game. Um, and they were unlucky in Euro 2016 not to win that. Um, yeah, it's going to be a great
1: event. Well, mm-hmm. um, initially, he was asked to be the main man up front. Um, I think, again, talk about media criticism. And show has been criticised for the fact that he keeps on picking Juru. Now, Giroud's not maybe not someone that's going to score lots of goals but he, he does other things he health he other than to play and plays his back to goal and certainly France McFrantz with more effective when he's been in the team. Yeah.
0: yeah. I agree. Um sometimes you need that focal point. Um you know, it's not just a case of pumping the ball up um, for 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 the big man to head it on and someone getting the end of it. Um you know, it's, it's about the hold up play and some of these big strikers are really good with the ball at their feet. I mean, we mentioned Lukaku. I mean, he's really good with the ball at his feet. And he's got so much power and pace. Uh, and Giroud, he's quite skillful for um, someone his size. I know that's a wee bit... Um, might sound a wee bit disrespectful. Um, but he is very good when he's used properly. And it's a good um, plan B for France to use. Um, but I'll be interested to see what they do tomorrow. Because Belgium have been very good at the back. Um, but... So France, to be fair, I think France have only Well, apart from that game against Argentina, mind you, but um, they'd only conceded one goal in the um, the group phases, and they were comfortable against Uruguay. All right, uh, Uruguay with Cavani, but still had to do a job in Suarez and don't Suarez get a kick. Yeah, definitely. I, mean, I think
1: the France Belgium game you're expecting it to be a really, really open game. I'd be disappointed if it's not.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: you would expect there to be a few goals in the game. Saying that now, it would end up being not a classic, but I, I can't see
0: it being another classic. I think, so it's two teams that like to attack um, and like to play counter-attacking style. I mean, there's too many big players on there for it to be a boring nil-nil. There might well be nerves in the first 10-15 minutes or so, but I think once both sides ease their way into the game, um, you know, you'll see it improve. Um, and that's been the theme for a lot of games in this World Cup. Some of the first halves haven't necessarily been great, but you know, once the first goals get in, the, the floodgates have almost opened up, and teams have been coming out more. I mean, that Japan and Belgium game was, you know, probably the prime example of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it should be a classic. I just hope that the final's a good one, whoever's in it, because in my lifetime, you're going back to Italian ninety for me. There's not been a classic World Cup final. There's not been that game that you thought that was an absolute um, crack of a game because you had Argen- the first two finals were. Argentina West Germany were and Brazil and Italy were both boring. The France Brazil one was dominated by the fact that Ronaldo um you know had a seizure before the game. Brazil and Germany, that was pretty much one sided. Brazil um were all over Germany and won comfortably the end. Italy, France was a wee bit bitchy. Uh, Holland, Spain was brutal. Um yeah. and the last one with Germany, Argentina wasn't particularly great either. So let's right. hope it's a good, a good
1: one. Yeah, I'm lucky enough to remember eighty that sips. Yeah. Um whereby it was probably the last great classic. And I, I believe i have never seen a but I believe for that was pretty decent as well, yeah, too mm-hmm. Um but yeah certainly as you've said, I either be my friends or are certainly favourites, but you have that contrast of styles maybe against like Croatia or England, which would maybe make it interesting. I'll miss it. Yeah, I I'm flying out a holiday on Sunday. Yeah. So I shall to try and catch the replay off at some point, which I'm sure
0: there will be plenty of. Yeah. You might even get one in the fight, you never know. Um, such as technology, but um uh I'll I'm going on holiday on the Monday, so I'm putting off packing for a few hours to watch the final. Um and I'm going to Southport, so I just hope that this that um I'm not going down to a country that's winning the World Cup. Not this time. <laughs> um but it's not um uh, you know a lot of people have their views on this. Um, to meet sport and rivalry. Um, you know, England are Scotland's greatest rivals. Um, you, I don't want to see my, my rivals succeed. It's the same with like Celtic and Rangers, um, Man U, and Man City. Uh, you know, Arsenal and Tottenham, Inter and AC. Then these teams want their um, fans want to see their teams do well.
1: Yeah, so I suppose hope we are not on holiday um, and England are celebrating our World Cup win.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I to avoid that scenario, but we'll um, wait and see. Um, but I think um, Belgium and France both have that 24-hour advantage as well, because um, they're playing tomorrow, or Tuesday, and England are playing Wednesday, so uh, the better team having the advantage of that 24-hour rest might be the factor as well, um, in, in addition to their ability, but we'll wait and see. It should be two cracking semifinals, finals, and as we said before, hopefully a cracking final.
1: Yeah. Um, so, the World Cup is not even finished yet, and Scottish teams will be back in action in Europe. Um, Celtic play due tonight, and then you've got Rangers and on Thursday.
0: Yeah, um, big, big week for Scottish clubs in Europe. Um, I'm really surprised that Celtic have only signed two players, and well, it's two players that have been loaned to permanent um, Edward and Bain. Um, you know they've also had that Masounda going back to his club, um, but and they've also lost Armstrong as well now. You um, got his move to Southampton. Um,
1: Patrick, well, back to Man City, obviously.
0: Yeah.
1: As well. Well, yeah. So in the, the wide area, the wide areas they've maybe not got too much. Uh, they are unless though, Rodgers is going to put his faith in terms of um, Lewis Morgan and Michael Johnston being back up to Saint and Forest which by all accounts uh, Johnson's had a play decent pre-season did well with Scotland in the in tournament as well so <laughs> never know because Hayes is injured again
0: Yeah They should um, have enough to get past this Alishkirt. I know Alishkirk beat St. Johnson a couple of years ago in the uh, Europa League but I think Celtic should have enough over these uh, these two games um, but, for the ne- but for the next round you know you want to try and get some of your signings in now. I mean, especially as we mentioned but has, um at the World Cup. Lustig will probably be rested, I'd imagine. Um, no, for at least a week or two, because he just played at um, the World Cup there. Um, Rogic, just- he might be um, back. I don't know if he's been given extra time off or not, but they should have enough to come through this tie, you would imagine.
1: Well, I... Uh, you would expect so uh, the thing is well I think there's been speculation that they might be playing with two up front with the barely and Edward and they've tried that a wee bit in pre-season mm-hmm. so they might do that especially with the likes of Loser, uh, Armstrong the possibility of Rodgers might not feature mm-hmm. but yeah you could expect them to do. Mm-hmm. It's going to be difficult mm-hmm. for them to get through but they'll should be seeded all the way as long as they keep winning and then they still wouldn't fall back in the Europa League but do will not want that Uh, the John McGinn situation that's one player they have been linked with Uh, Gary Parker's come out and set the heel feature this week for Hibs in Europa League so see what happens there
0: yeah I think the John McGinn to Celtic has been spoken about for a good year or two at least Um, but I think Celtic went in quite low, they went in 1.5 and I think Hibs are looking for offers of above above 3 Played in the last year's his contract but um, Hibs, um, you know, I think Habs will need to find that way of um, no, if he's not going to stay because he's in last year's contract they need to get some sort of decent money but they need to find good value for him because they don't want to risk losing for nothing but they don't want to undersell him either um, and there will be interest in him it'll be, in. it'll be interesting to see where he goes but I think he will end up at Celtic eventually there'll be a ways of find getting that through the argument is whether he
1: would actually improve Celtic I don't Celtic fans I've spoken to, most of them would say that he's not going to go straight into the team. I don't think he's going to get, he's not certainly going to get a game ahead of Brown. and Ben Charm, I don't think. Um, but I suppose the amount of games Celtic play, he's still potentially maybe featuring like 30 odd games for uh, Maybe Scott Brown, maybe they want to invest him a, bit, a wee bit more as well. So
0: Yeah, you would think so. Um, I mean, you're right that. Brown and Cham's the preferred partnership at the moment because Armstrong couldn't get back in the team because of that. Um, And Cham's really well as a player in the last six months. Um, But I think eventually, McGinn will become a first time regular once he does uh, find his feet. Um, If he does go to Celtic, but then he might not. He could get into the Premiership. Um, The West Ham were linked with him last season. They could come in again. Um, There will be interest in him. I just hope for. From a Scotland point of view, if he does go, he goes to a team he's going to get first team football. Um, because he's going to be one of the first picks in Alcalesi's team sheet. Um, but he can only be if he's playing regular first team football.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, on to Hibbs, obviously they featured Thursday. 12, you would expect a plane playing a club from the Faroe Islands. Can't say all much about Faroe Islands domestic football, but you know, obviously international team. You would expect hips should advance. You uh, never know though, because obviously what happened Rangers last year when they failed to progress.
0: Yeah, Had to get that in didn't you? <laughs> um, but they've they've recruited um, quite well with uh, Stephen Allen coming I think That's a very good signing. Um, and getting yeah. Camberry in a permanent deal. That's a brilliant piece of business, I think. Um, I'm not sure about the the goalkeeper they brought in. I think Adam Bogdan's a terrible goalkeeper, but. Um, he needs to displace Marciano now. anyway Marciano is a good player uh, a good goalkeeper Um now it's a big loss though although that was expected unfortunately
1: yeah and they've not managed to as yet bring Scott Allen back um, I think still clubs fans believe that's where they will be playing the football this season but you know maybe they thought that would be part of the talks when again for Celtic unless um Maybe Scotland thinks he can get more money elsewhere, but I don't think he'd want to fancy going down south again. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: we don't he know what's d- going to happen. Hibs. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, it seems better. So that Hibs because when he went to Dundee, he didn't really set the head on fire there, and the, the Hibs thing it seems to be bright at the best of him. Um, but he's an eight grand a week, so you know if he's going to go to Hibs, to grab to take a massive pay cut. I think that's probably one of the things that could stall that, but. We'll wait and see. It'll be yeah. interesting, but yeah, I would expect Abs to come through that tie. Um, I know we've been there before. We're Hearts getting beat off the Maltese team and um, all the rest of it. But you'd like to th- Neil Lennon will not stand for defeat at this round, and um, we can't have any of the teams going out at this stage.
1: Yeah, like I think go back to the Scotland, think it could maybe be as part of the the again deal whether Alan was to go back on loan or whether maybe Celtic. Still, paying some of the wages to make up
0: for we're taking
1: a wage cut. Mm-hmm. I suppose it depends really on how much Celtic want McGinn? Yeah. The, the, the possibility with could end up in a situation whereby maybe have end up getting a player signed and maybe a player on loan from Celtic. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting thing to see what happens with that deal. I mean, that's the likely scenario is McGinn and Allen and Cash. Um, they'll probably find a way around it. So, but. I th- but Hibs have also get more important things to worry about than that transfer at the moment. They've got to make sure they get through and do their bit for um, getting Scottish football back on the, um, the map mm-hmm. in Europe. Um, as do Rangers when they play this week.
1: Right, against Scoopy.
0: Yeah, Scoopy-do. <laughs> well, the
1: question as well, Yeah, the Rangers have obviously signed a lot of players. Um, different kind of system, maybe. All the players blend in straight away. Well, need for decent, pieces But then they all look, Friday, night, before getting of be they did play like two body, uh, beat them six now. But I suppose it will maybe get them a wee bit of confidence Yeah. The feel feel the feel good factors there.
0: So. Yeah, for them it's about the they've also got a, um, on a bit of a high because they've Lord Stephen Gerrard done as manager, um, and. You know, they've made these. He's obviously went about his business straight away, um, by bringing all these players. out, it's gonna take time from jail but um, a couple of players he's brought in, like Arfield, um, knows a solid saying. He knows the game up here. Jane Murphy's another one. John Flanagan knows um, no know British football. Conor Goldson knows British football. McGregor, obviously, um, the boy they brought in for Liverpool was it Aj- Jaria? Um, that's you know we don't know how good he's going to be, but I think. On the face of it, he's signing smartly, whereas um, Pedro was signing guys from Mexico and all these places that just don't have a clue about Scottish football. Um, but it's one thing having all these players, it's another thing gelling. Um, and they can't afford a European exit again at this stage, because that would just be disaster for them. It'll have a difference in what players that they can attract between now and the end of the transfer window if they're going to make that challenge to Aberdeen for second place.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're still trying to get another, another couple of players in as well. Sadi Kumar from Roma, uh, which I'm hoping to recruit a striker as they maybe not get much up front in terms of an option instead of um, Morelos because what hard is with the limited on loan? I know Windask can play up front, but it's not his best position. There's still been speculation whether uh, Windask will still be at the club because I think Cardiff remain interested in him. Mm-hmm.
0: Cummins has gone have. back to Forest as well, um, although he didn't set the head on fire at all when he was up here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the kid probably do our forward, um, but we'll wait and see what happens. A lot can happen this transfer window. Um, they're also going to be strong favourites for second place. Um, They'll also get eyes on, on first. But to be fair to Gerrard, he's not shouting um, shout his mouth off about Rangers are going to win the league and are going to challenge Celtic. It's just about winning games for them and getting their reputation back up first which is the right way to go about it so but we'll see how it com- pans out
1: yeah definitely um, you just, I noticed he has uh, announced that will remain as captain so you'd expect um, Flanagan's probably going to play at left back I don't, I think they are um, looking at the team they played on Friday night I would imagine that will be what team they will play um, in the European game so you had like Crowley was playing midfield but I think the young guy Cartich, I think he was playing there. Or oh. um yeah das was playing, Medellas was playing, Murphy was playing, Arfield was playing. And you had the new that uh, new guy Goldson um, as well, Tavernyard Flanagan McGregor started in goal. So it's better to be something similar to that again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd imagine ways it's for we'll probably move on with the fact that McGregor's in um and they've also got Arnick, um, who lately, he'll be more likely to remain. As a number two, he was was must after being a regular for three years. He'll not wait to sit about on the bench. Um, so I think he'll be on his way back to England at some point. I feel sorry for him way, but um, you know, McGregor when he's fit, is the better goalkeeper.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how both teams do. I mean, they've obviously got advantage of home ties when using so they do really want to take a commanding lead. I don't care if either, them go with. You, to be honest. I mean, just, you know, we got bored about our team in Europe, um, and obviously we went we went to the the next qualifying round and got an absolutely stinker of a draw, um, it's glamorous kind of, <laughs> um, in terms of you know, our thing. Um, I'm pretty, I think, probably fans were pretty disappointed as well, when they seen the draw because they've been looking forward to playing in Europe and yeah, yeah, they get got a three and a half hour journey, three and a half, four hour journey up the road, yeah. um, and likewise, the other way around. I bet Burnley go through, however, some English clubs have struggled at the qualifying round. I think Burnley will take it fairly seriously, the fact they've not been in it for a while. And in terms of Aberdeen, we've not maybe been as many times as we'd like to have. There's still time, obviously, to get more players in. Uh, the, the talk is that there's only maybe two more players coming in. We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, we'll need more than the three that we've got, um, and they're all midfield players, which we needed. Um, Lewis Ferguson, um, I think he's been doing well pre-season. Uh, Stephen Gleason comes with a solid track record as well. Chris Forces, had draft for reviews. Um Obviously, Devlin's like you sign signing now. Um, well, he was not new sign in January, but he was also not fit. But, um, no, he's now getting um, pre-season on his belt and looking sharp, apparently. Um, so, yeah, I still think we're one or two players light. Um, we've also been trying to get a forward, but um, the boy from Doncaster, I think it is. Um, that looks as though it's not happening because McInnes has said what we've offered is basically our budget. Um, we can't go up any above it. So um, I have a feeling we might have one or two loan signings coming in as well. That usually tends to happen. But at least he's getting some yeah, of the business think. done early. Yeah, I mean, well, I
1: think when the Ferguson signing was announced, I think a lot of people thought that he's maybe he could end up going out on loan but by all accounts he's making his mark and could end up I think I, I thought what he said he's probably going to feature um, certainly in the squad Cleason and Forrester I don't know have picked up injuries so far um,
0: I don't
1: know how serious they are but with are they just enough to, to cancel a friendly against Inverness
0: yeah I've seen that Um, that's that, that's a bit of a shame but we've got a game this weekend haven't we yeah Um. But at least we've still got the extra couple of weeks to prepare for a European game because um, it's usually us that are playing in the middle of the World Cup or a European Championship so it's, it's good to notice other teams are involved. Um, but yeah, that that draw, as you mentioned, um, it's the one that probably both sides didn't want um, for different reasons. Um, but when I saw the possible teams that we could get out of the five, I said right away as soon as I saw it, I said we were getting Burnley, I just had that feeling. And lo and behold it happened, um, but it'll be an exciting time, I think it'll be picked up at TV, um, you've got the Scotland versus England thing, Burnley's first time in Europe since a certain year, um, because that was obviously a, a certain year that they liked to go in about down south, um, so it'll be, it'll be an interesting occasion, um, we're going to have to play our skin, let's be honest, we've just got to hope that you know, their, their focus is elsewhere and that they're not as fit. Um, as we are. Um we'll just now wait and see.
1: Yeah. The one thing maybe about Burnley though is they're not the type of team that's maybe going to go all guns playing. I don't think they are they, a team that could like to maybe sit back and let teams attack them. Uh, I don't think that's something that necessarily suits our style of play. I think again we can have suit maybe have played better in the counter at times. Um it, it, could, I mean, it could be an interesting tie. Um it's Obviously with the money that there is down south Burnley are, are clear favourites but never never know, maybe catch them cold. Um, <laughs> and the the, the player
0: should realise that type of time anyway.
1: A, a big game like
0: that. Oh, without a doubt. Um, one player for us that needs to make an impact this season, I think Scott Wright. Um, I've seen he scored at the weekend. Big season for him. Uh, so I think if he doesn't um, hit the ground running um, and doesn't push the first team then I think he'll be gone at the end of the season. Um that's a big opportunity for him. Um you know, with Stuart going back to his club, with Stuart and Christie both going back to our clubs, he needs to step up now. You know, and he, he did he did feature in the Toulon tournament again, so um there's definitely power in him. But I think as well McInnes needs to use him right. Um, no pun intended. Um but he's been using him as a left winger and I think he's more of, he's a, he's better on the right hand side. But wherever he ends up playing he's got to step up to the mark.
1: I think he said himself, he got interviewed and he, it's a okay. case so if he gets a chance he needs to take a chance um, wingers I think need to be more versatile, you can't just maybe play on one side these days, you've got to be able to play on both sides so it's not as if the squad get a lot of numbers in wide positions so the mm-hmm. would expect will get more, a, a bit more of a chance um, yeah, it's just got to get after.
0: yeah definitely um,
1: obviously with a few pre-season out of Stevie May um, I know he got a bit of a knock which meant he could have missed the Alcourt game I think it was or yeah. uh, against Johnston by all accounts looked quite sharp so big season for him as well yeah. um, the McGee excited obviously we'd already signed Forrester and Cleason, I think by the time that, uh, he decided to go to Sunderland I, I don't know how much McInnes um, knew in terms of advance that he was probably going to Sunderland, in terms of how the budget was affected, because by all accounts, we were willing to make him one of our best played players, if not the best played player. So, potentially, maybe the two players that that are going to come in are going to be for us, maybe, marquee-type signings. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll see what
0: happens. Yeah, I think um, when we get, it was clear that he was um, going to be going down south first. Um, So, I don't I don't actually know how close we really. were. I don't think we were close at all, to be honest. But um, another player that we were linked with was Jason Naismith, um, to cover the fullback areas, but he went to Peterborough, um, and we're going to need a right back, um, you know, to cover Logan because Logan's out the first of the three league games, um, yeah. so and we can't keep, you know, we can't um, keep having Shea Logan going without competition because he had a terrible season last season. Maybe the last month or two he got better um, when he realised he was playing poor and that um, fans became all of a sudden vocal to him because he's got away with it for so long because he has a fans favourite but last season he had a terrible season um, by his standards and he needs competition in there similarly though I think we need another left back because Constantine can't go on forever in that position. Schenny will um be using my field although do you think he might get shunted back to left back with the signs we've made or do you think he's too dynamic?
1: Well, I mentioned towards the end of last season that we are going to have to build pretty much a whole new midfield. Now, I don't think he'd want to go into the season having that, so I think Shinny will probably remain there. Whether maybe um, we adapt it a bit more in terms of maybe playing left-back more often, though as well, I don't know. Um, I think there's some teams whereby it certainly suits us if we're playing Shinny at left-back, but maybe in the bigger games... It's hard to say whether you put him in midfield or left-back because he can be so effective either place.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's that old wishing um, he be cloned thing.
1: I mean, whether we, I mean, potentially do we go into a midfield of Ferguson, Gleason and Forrester? I don't know. Um, I think it would be a bit of a risk to go in with a whole new midfield starting the season.
0: Yeah, I agree i will be surprised if he's not used a midfielder, so we definitely need another left-back, at least for cover, anyway. Um, but yeah, oh. it'll be interesting to see what, what Kenneth brings in. It'll probably need to be someone that he brings in that can play both left-back and right-back. Because um, don't we have the situation again where last season um, on two occasions that we had Dominic Ball um, as a right-back. I know I know, obviously Ball can't do it this season he's not there, but... Um, the point being, taking someone from the midfield in an unfamiliar position, we can't do that again this season. So it costs us in a couple of big games, especially at Motherwell semi-final. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see who we bring in. I think when,
1: if when you look at the squad, we could probably get away a bit more with not signing another left like back because it's not maybe an ideal situation but we have got more players who can play there. I mean, Reynolds can fill in there. It's not great for him, but he can fill in there. Schoenig obviously play there. Uh, Kornstein plays there. Whereas, when you do look at right-back, there is Logan and that's it. Um, I don't know... You've got Young Boy Harrington, uh, who's involved in the first-team squad just now, whether he's ready um, to compete for a place. He's certainly been involved in pre-season. So, that's certainly been a bigger priority. We're still, probably, possibly... Maybe lacking in terms of maybe another midfielder, I think, as well. I know McInnes likes versatile players, so I don't know. Uh, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, and for the rest of the teams in the league, um, the biggest changes um, in terms of manager management was by the two promoted clubs, which is unheard of. Um, yeah. Jack Ross took that step that we thought he was going down to England to Sunderland, but. The biggest surprise is David Hopkin. Um, the fact that he left for no job, I thought was um, incredibly bizarre. You just wonder what happened there because I thought he'd, he had a move lined up. I think Bradford were like, sniffing a bit after him, but he's not actually got anyone yet.
1: But oh, not linked with him.
0: They were oh. linked with him, but David Hopkin's still unemployed. Yeah, just
1: I mean, maybe. Yeah.
0: I I just don't get why. Um, you would rather not manage than take no, take your team that you've taken up and it's sort top of fight and see that job through.
1: Well, what I do know is when you look at that Livingston squad, um, a few players have decided to remain in the Championship, which would maybe suggest that budget isn't really there. I know obviously they brought in Kenny Miller as manager, uh, but I believe he's been told that he's not got a massive budget to work with, so really it's a case of working with the players that are already there. So, maybe Hopkins thought, right, I've done well, I've probably exceed the expectations in terms of getting promoted, but I maybe don't want it. He um, could ask if it, maybe his stock drops in terms of if they don't get off to a good start, and then he it doesn't maybe get a chance that I could have maybe potentially a, a better move in terms of a manager's job.
0: Yeah. So,
1: there's possible.
0: that. Possibly. I mean, Livingston were always going to have the lowest budget in the league. Um, I'm just looking at some of the signs just now. I didn't realise they'd signed uh, Sybould. He was a player that had a lot of potential at Falkert. Very good player. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he makes the, the step up all right.
1: Yeah. Um, the, Stephen Saunders, he used to be very well. He's
0: on the other Hardly Hardy being back. That that could be a good sign for them.
1: Anyway. Uh, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. With two people inside, he would certainly think maybe Mirren might be better equipped, but obviously they've lost uh, Morgan, um, He's obviously the most creative player. Alan stops has come in as manager.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: interesting to see how he goes.
0: Yeah, I mean he's obviously hailed at Hibbs for winning the cup, which is uh, you know fair enough, but he also failed to do the the job that he was employed to do, and that was get Hibs promoted. Um, twice they failed in the playoffs. First of all, a poor Rangers side, and the second went to Falkirk. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Um, to see if he has the that people think he is Um, they've obviously been shouting. they obviously shouted off, and Ross was in charge about finishing the top four, but there's no way they're going to be top four if they just survive. Um, I think they'll survive comfortably. Um, because I think
1: yeah, they've. I it's hard to say. They've certainly lost a lot of players. I don't know how many of the players that have gone were heavily involved with it in the first team, um, but I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine they that are carrying that big a squad. One thing though, about St. Mirren, I'd imagine maybe they get some kind of gifts that might come through that might break through.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, see what happens there. St. Johnstone haven't been very busy, but they have seen Tony Watt after Tony Watt who had been obviously linked my to Aberdeen had been training us. Um, if they can get Tony Watt um playing the right way, his head's the right way, he could potentially he can potentially be a good signing. Um I think he said himself that he's maybe made a couple of incorrect career choices in terms of maybe um going abroad, maybe that never worked out for him. He needs to you kind know, of maybe settle set some roots somewhere.
0: He's only tw- he's still uh, twenty four? He's twenty four and he's just signed for his tenth club. I think that tells you everything you need to say about Tony What for me. Um when I saw he was training with us I thought um I would not have been happy if we'd signed him because, you know, the year before he'd been saying after he's sp- um he spelt harsh that he he wasn't gonna be playing Scottish football again. He he was he was England o- English based only. Um he's got a terrible attitude. Um I get that he got that goal against Barcelona and good luck to him for making a living off that but since then, every club he's been to, he's not really been a success he was absolutely diabolical the worst signing that they've made in a long time, one goal in 17 appearances Um, so if he can get his head screwed in, maybe he could be a good sign for St. Johnston but we'll just need to wait and see, it's time for him to grow up
1: Well, he's had a break at football so that would probably have Maybe reinvigorated. I mean, I, yeah, I mean he's still wear, he's still pretty good. So potentially, if he can do well, he's still got enough ten years in the game.
0: Yeah, potentially. Um, but we'll just need to wait and see. I mean, um, he's got that potential. He just needs to start delivering it now. Um, but as I say, this is his now's tenth club. Um, he's, he's got to get. He's got to, um, no, deliver now. Otherwise, he will be a forgotten man again.
1: Yeah, uh, you look at Motherwell in terms of signings, the only one, really, you know, actually, the only one that I do know is Taylor Sinclair who was obviously a perfect thistle a few years back, right mm-hmm. back, he was signing for into that as sort well, of, uh, Alex Rodriguez got in, one of the few maybe, clubs to see
0: for Yeah. Remember. Yeah. I must say, apart from Taylor Sinclair, I don't know anything about their signings. But they've kept the basis of their squad from last season. I mean, apart from Aldridge going back to Burry, um they, they've kept most of the first team there. Um, so, you know, that's a solid base to work on for next season. Um, I think they're a team that will they'll, thre- they'll mm-hmm. s- threaten a place in the top six or maybe be the bottom, of the uh, top of the bo- bottom six, uh, maybe a cup run for them. But They'll be, a, they'll be fine. I mean, Stephen Robertson, we've spoken about many times, does a terrific job. It's going to be very difficult to replicate last season, but I'm sure they'll give it a good goal. It's so a good spirit about that club.
1: Yeah. Um, Kamaric haven't made many moves, but they've managed to keep Finlay, who was on loan, um, which is a positive thing. I know Kamaric fans are pleased to see him remain, and they brought in a striker on loan from Bournemouth. That, that's it so far. So far, Jordan Jones remains at the club. Uh, Malumbu, the, the talk is that they, they expect that he's going to be moving on, but nothing's happened still. So mm-hmm. you never know. Um, I know that they're looking and maybe, well, not looking to, but they're constantly looking for new investment all the time. I know all clubs are, but Cabana seem to be doing quite well in that aspect just now. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. I
0: think It'll be that-
1: hard for them. Okay, what they did last season. Yeah, I think the biggest
0: sure. thing for them is uh, securing Steve Clarke um, on a longer-term deal as well, so that put a statement say that he's there to stay, despite the links with um, Rangers and Scotland and all the rest of it, but he's a man that's happy in his job, and um, whilst he's there, that spells danger for a lot of teams, and I think I think they'll definitely be top six, I think they'll be there there, but it's for a European spot as well, who knows? Um, we'll just maybe see. I think they'll probably need one or two other players, but apart from Malumba going... Um again they've kept hold- you've mentioned Jones um but they've kept the basis of their squads um, that did so well last season so um is um a good thing for them.
1: Yeah I think they'll still want to be in one or two more. Um the ones that have made the most changes certainly Hearts, um Craig been had mentioned pretty early on that he was wanting to be resigned as much as ten players yeah, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, mm-hmm. yeah, 10 new players they brought in. Uh, plus, Naismith has returned on loan again. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe I expect Hart might be better again. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about players from out with um, playing towards Naismith that they've signed.
0: Mm-hmm. I think, again, with Hearts, I mean, we talk about, there's a revolving door at Tencastle just now, the players that they've been bringing in. I think before that summer there, they they brought in, like, 47 players in the last um, three or four transfer windows, and that's another ten to add to that. It's just, um, they can't keep doing that every year, and as well, both the number one and number two goalkeepers left, McLaughlin went to Sunderland, and Hamilton went to Dundee. Um, I know they've got one keeper in, but No, they need to build themselves a solid spine again, and work on that. Um, And I think away from home, I mean at home they've been fine, the only game they lost since they went back there was um, towards against Celtic at the end of the season. But um, but away from home their form was terrible. And they need to sort that out, and they need to be a wee bit more adventurous in games if they're going to threaten a European place for me. Yeah,
1: Um, we'll see what happens. Uh... As I say, a lot of them, but it was drop butside unknown countries, but then you can say that for pretty much every club in Scotland. Yeah. Hamilton, they brought Ziggy Gordon back. Um they brought Soba back, uh, Tom Tavu who's come from Falkirk, he's obviously been at Hibbs as well. Mm-hmm. Lots of
0: you, obviously Ferguson, uh, Templeton who has ended up
1: at Barn Yeah. Uh, Alec Crawford was a trial at heart but that trial has ended so I don't know whether maybe Alec was going to seek
0: you and Alec maybe down south instead and that was it. I know. Yeah I think Alec Crawford's, um just looking for um, a good payday Um that's why he's left Hamilton so I don't know what's going to happen with him but the big loss was Templeton because um, for me he was the reason why Hamilton stayed up last season um, you know Whenever he was out of the team, they were struggling. When he was in the team, they were winning games, and he was um, scoring the goals or setting them up. Um, but I'm not going to tip for automatic relegation this time. Um, I think pundits are fed up doing that and seeing it rubbing their faces. So <laughs> I think they might avoid automatic relegation. But for them, if we get in a fifth campaign, is tremendous themselves. Right. the
1: point aside in terms of who potentially we win things, once scores have been kind of more maybe at the end of the transfer window might be a take thing to do that. Yeah. As you expect, once English clubs decide on what their sports are going to be, um, you'll see a fair bit of last game movement.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but D, they, they kind of got a fair bit of business done early, Jack Hammond has joined them, you will be number one or whether it'll be, is it Parrish?
0: Yeah, Parrish is it. A... Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know much about the other signs that they've made I um, know the ones they've lost obviously Scott Baines um, went to Celtic um, I was quite surprised that they let Kevin Holt go um, he's went to Greek football um, whether that's uh, financial or not I don't know um, and Mark O'Hara going it's a bit of a vote of them um, yeah. and Sam Murray's turned to Hibs I mean, who knows what will happen with that because I, mean, I don't see him being fu- anyone mm. near the Hibs team given the fact they've sent Camberry back um, so, be interesting to see what happens there. But again, Dundee, you're expecting to be near the um, the relegation places. It's a big season for Neil McCartney. Um You know, prove that he's up to it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, I ah, even mean, divides opinion certainly. Um, which is maybe putting it mildly. Yeah. But uh, that's not many unknowns. We're probably not got a good idea maybe get a month or so into the season once things have get going. Obviously you've got the, the Bedford Cup to contend with as well for the clubs that aren't, aren't involved in Europe. Um, so that has got yeah. these competitive fixtures early on to end seeing where they are.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I can't even remember the draw for the Bedford Cup this year. i am just have a look at it now. Um, there wasn't many stand-up, I think come on and someone get it underway this Friday. Um, And looking through the draw, there's not really much that stands out. Um Dundee Denferma could potentially be a good game. Oh Denferma, that was the, that was an interesting transfer of the summer. The same well of Flood, Nine days later he goes to Bali because of closing his contract and now that deal's not fall that deal's falling through. Um due to international clearance not being granted. I I don't know whether
1: Denferma ended up signing any one place album or whatever maybe. Um that deal might happen again and it's a difficult one um, because there was a clause in his contract Mm -hmm. that said if he was offered a a deal abroad within a couple of weeks, I think it was, he was free to go, so fair. So that clause was there, so it's not as if maybe he's totally done the document. They'd obviously had discussions about if an opportunity came about he would go for it. Um, But yeah, let's come back to
0: Flood. Yeah. Uh, It's not been a good couple of months for Flood, has it? (laughs)
1: Oh well, yeah, he was quite angry,
0: wasn't
1: he? Yeah. Well, I cover the war leagues I think closer to the the season as well, in terms of what's happened there, in terms of maybe who might do well and stuff like that as well. There is a possibility uh, I might bring get someone on the podcast at some point in this season who's um, a journalist and got a good knowledge of the war leagues, so maybe give us a wee bit of a an insight into what goes on further down the leagues. That should be good. Yeah, that'd be and good. good. Um, with that as well.
0: Yeah, it's always nope. good to get fresh voices on the the podcast now and then.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I won't make any predictions at the moment in terms of what teams will do. We'll wait till tough weather down the line. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the situation is going to be next week, whether you guys might try and get... How are you on holiday? holiday.
0: Uh, I'm away on Monday. Um so I doubt we'll have a podcast next week unless um, one of the other three uh, or two of the other three decide to do one um, in right. our absence for himself. so you never know, know maybe because I'll decide
1: to do a, a solo podcast um,
0: <laughs> yeah I, th- I can't think of in worse than um, listening to Chris talking about the Tom Rogage School <laughs> um, so yeah now nah, I'm only kidding Chris um, if they get one out they get one out but other than that probably be a couple of weeks I don't yeah. imagine. But at least we've got one out to start the season. I
1: have thought, yeah. It's good to get back on. Um uh, I did forget to ask actually, at the start what you were drinking.
0: Yeah, I had an app on Black Camp Juice. I did have a beer in the fridge, it was tainted, but um nah. Couldn't bother tonight I'm working early. What about you?
1: Well at the weekend I was at a wedding, so pre drinks in our house but there was some champagne getting cracked open, so some champagne left over. So, yeah, maybe probably the process drink we've had on the podcast. But yeah, I've been having some champagne. I did have some Diet Coke on the side. Um, but yeah, so maybe having the champagne, that's maybe a sign that France will win the World Cup.
0: <laughs> I thought it was just to toast the fact that we were back in business for another season.
1: I'll keep it could be that as well. I thought maybe start starts when to go on. The wife has decided that, yeah, maybe we should drink champagne more often. She likes Prosecco. Um, but yeah, I think but I don't imagine I'll have champagne again on the podcast. Unless um at the end of the season maybe kinda making a time uh, and have an eat the Scottish Cup. If that's the case I would say I would drink a whole bottle in the podcast. And uh, that 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 would be if there was any condition to, uh, to do one because we'd probably still be celebrating from this early. Or yeah.
0: Yeah, that that would be um, some podcast if um, you were drinking champagne and I was drinking if, um, something if I was winning the Scottish Cup, so maybe hold that um, as a promise. But
1: yeah, definitely good to be back, um, and we shall have one out. It might not be till next month, I would think, maybe then. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's good to be back.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, cheers uh, for those that have listened. If you want to get in touch with us, at uh, SFF podcast on Twitter, um, and yeah, anything goes.
0: Aye. Cheers, John. Aye. Cheers, John. Try hold it. You
1: too. Bye.